Well, the week of trading ended on a risk-off note after the Fed raised interest rates again and the dollar surged to a level that was reportedly a 20-year high. And of course, that makes U.S. commodities more expensive on the global market. And then there was Russia and Putin's saber-rattling about escalating the war in Ukraine. But we're also transitioning as harvest is just now starting in earnest. We saw that big time this week with shifting bases. We'll talk about all of that next with Coley and Kavanaugh. And the guys are brought to you each week, as you know, by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And, you know, the Farm Bureau is hard at work right now on the farm bill. And that's incredibly important to farm families all across the country. Now, your membership supports those activities of the Farm Bureau. And that's a small price to pay for an army of people to fight the fight for farming. So stop thinking about it and do it. Help the cause. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. John, let's start by talking about that basis issue. You know, I got some notes about the barges down at the U.S. Gulf loaded in September, traded at a buck eighty over November futures, and soybeans being shipped in late October were hanging around a dollar ninety-five over November futures. So interesting, particularly when you look at what's happening in the Midwest, where a thirty-five cent drop at a large crushing facility in Decatur, Illinois, and we're seeing here in Indiana deliveries to processors where the basis has been ticking down all week long, explain the disparity between a $1.95 over down at the Gulf and a 35-cent drop in the middle of the country. Well, you haven't said it all. You mentioned transitioning, and that's, of course, what's going on. Old crop soybeans continue to be very tight, hard to find, and we know the carryover is historically very low. However, the crops are running a little late than usual. We're running probably seven to 10 days behind normal. And the weather forecast is mostly favorable to be dry over the next 10 to 14 days as it stands right now. And the beans are turning. They are getting there. We are starting to see some harvesting pick up south of here. Certainly in central and southern Illinois, this harvesting is fairly significant. Bean plants are dropping their basis way back, of course, looking for the harvest rush. And the Gulf, of course, has the transportation time period in there. So they're still very, very strong at 180 to 195 over. But when you get into the typical new crop period, it drops to somewhere into the vicinity of 20 to 40 over. We're getting there. We're making progress. And if the weather continues to stay dry, the basis, of course, will go to the typical fall numbers considerably cheaper. I can hear it out there. Can't you hear it, David? I can hear the combines running, the rush is coming, the trucks are firing up. Before I let you go, John, it's fascinating to me to see all of this stuff is connected, right? And it's like these barges because they know that, like you said, you can, if you listen carefully, you can hear those trucks starting to fire up right now. But the barges on the river, the freight rates have gone up significantly. And one of the reasons is these guys are starting to hoard empty barges and they're bringing them upriver to get ready for the corn and soybean harvest. The freight traders all know uh, they want to get all their barges in place at the upper rivers getting ready for the for the harvest. you got a little gap in there where things are kind of tight and the, and the cost of freight goes up. But unless we start to have some significant problems with transporting the barges, a high water or something of that nature, which is certainly not an issue right now, they'll get there. They'll be ready. Yeah. And the trucks will have the, have the beans and the corn there. And all of a sudden, everything gets much cheaper. Yeah. Well, as we're talking about soybeans, David, all of us have been paying attention to South America. But an interesting little side note on that was is that soy meal prices in China increased by 10% this week was pretty astounding to happen in just one week, reported to be a record level because of an apparent shortage. And that, of course, kicks up the price of feed by extension and the price of pork. So they've got big problems there. But, you know, China's soybean imports fell 9% of the first eight months from last year. And 
Argentina, the big suppliers of that, Argentina is China's biggest supplier of soy meal, and they've had interruptions, of course, lately. And uh, like John was just saying, it's going to be a while before it can even turn into soy meal at some point. But uh, explain a little bit more about that issue in Argentina, David. Yeah, let me go to China first, because that's one of the main reasons here for the issue in China, because they've done it to themselves. They had imported so many beans, their demand for meal and oil was so strong, of course, but the problem was with all the beans they had, the crushers were crushing as fast as they could. And all of a sudden the crush margins plummeted to the point where they were actually losing money crushing beans and making meal and oil. So that caused them to back off, which caused the lack here of soybean meal availability. And so that's finally caught up. Now in the midst of this, look at Argentina. They're the largest exporter of meal and oil in the world. And they're the third largest exporter of soybeans. So here recently, Argentine farmers wouldn't sell the beans because they didn't have an advantage price-wise to sell them like they expected to. So here at the beginning of September, the Argentine government says, hey, we're going to give you an extra exchange value for your currency. That way you're going to make more money on your meal and oil you sell and also the soybeans. Well, that made the farmers really sell heavily the earlier part of the month. It was about 8% higher. But all of a sudden here at the end of the month, they're not selling beans anymore. They decided, wait, wait. The price may go higher after a while with all the weather problems we're seeing. So that kind of fell flat on its face because the farmers weren't selling despite this huge exchange advantage they were given. You just touched on uh, one of the big issues in there, and that is the weather, drought, heat, even frost have taken a serious toll on uh, the wheat crop uh, for one. I mean, like 40% of the wheat or something like that is in poor condition. So Rosario analysts are watching this thing carefully. And one of the things, David, and we talked about this uh, a week or two ago that, you know, they were just starting to plant corn and they were looking at it and saying, man, this ground is just too dry to even think about planting corn. Well, they're switching now. They're planting late corn if they're planting any at this point, but they're planting soybeans and more of it. And what we're hearing is, is that Argentine farmers are going to be growing more soybeans and less corn. And I got to believe at some point, guys, we will see the results of this, what, six or nine months from now. Right. And it's the Rosario Grain Exchange. That's like the Chicago of them. And they reported that the bean crop's going to be larger in acreage. They're looking, well, hectares, actually. They're looking for a 48 million metric ton crop. That's up one from a year ago. And they're looking at 200,000 more hectares being planted down there. And that, again, as you said, that's corn acreage going to the beans because it's so dry. Again, the drought is the largest drought they've seen in 30 years. And I just saw a map on Friday that shows it's getting even drier in that part of Argentina. Now, let's give Brazil some credit. They are getting less dry in parts of the nose of Brazil. I've been saying the northern part of it. But looking at the southern parts, they look good right now. They have a little excess precip at this time. So really, southern Brazil is looking pretty good weather-wise. But Argentina continues to be strangled by this huge, huge drought that is not ending. So, John, what we're getting then is going to be more soybeans and less corn. You know, it can be a soybean conversation, but it also means less corn going forward out of that area. Yes, and world stocks of corn, as we have discussed before, are are pretty tight, so we don't need to have any problems in Argentina. Let's remember, Argentina is the third largest corn exporter in the world. So if that corn crop is short and they cut back on the uh, the hectares that are being planted in this area, yeah, that's going to tighten up stocks potentially even more. That could be offset by super yields, too. Yeah. They could come through with a bumper crop this year, but it's got to be something that's, that's in the background. We've got to keep an eye on it. 
Yeah. I don't like to harp on palm oil imports or prices or whatever, only to the point that palm oil really has such an impact on soybeans and soybean oil. And John, we saw a bunch of stuff this week. First of all, John, the palm oil price dropped significantly this past week, like like 500 bucks. And India's taken big advantage of that. They're going to go out. They say that their imports because of that price are going to be up like 23%. But what does all this mean for soybeans, John? Well, let's just take India as an example. I think India is the largest user of palm oil in the world, and a lot of that Malaysian palm oil goes to India. The delivered price of uh, palm oil to India currently is $950 a ton compared to soybean oil at $1,250 a ton. So it's pretty clear. What are they going to do? They're simply going to buy more palm oil, and they're going to buy less soybean oil. They buy less soybean oil. That drops the price of soybean oil. And, of course, that affects the margin on soybeans and therefore uh, reduces the demand and therefore the price for soybeans. It's another thing that's kind of dampening soybean prices for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. David, you know, as we talk about all this stuff, U.S. feed demand is, has been uh, pretty steady through the midst of all of this, even with limited supplies and elevated corn prices. But obviously, when corn prices get up to the levels that they have been, feed buyers start going to other things like wheat. And it looks like they're going to stay that way until the corn harvest really cranks up across the Midwest and prices at least hopefully for them drop a little bit. But this is all tied into weather as well, you know, because uh, the poor grazing land all across the, the U.S. plains because of drought really was the uh, genesis of this problem. Sure was. We finally saw some weather that cooperated in Texas. So they are looking for placements to be up in Texas because of the better weather and the better pasture there, too. But the rest of the belt, the placements are going to drop, plummet, because it's still very, very dry and had been very hot there. So that's become the big issue. So I am seeing feeder prices in Texas dropping, of course, or rising, but the rest of the areas, the feeder prices are dropping significantly. So that could be something to watch going forward, because I feel if we start cutting back a lot, that could affect feed demand. But, oh, this hog market right now has been on fire for <laughs> yeah. months. Unbelievable. It's finally falling off. Pork prices are finally saying, hey, it's October National Pork Month. We better make it cheap enough so people want to buy it so we can feature it. So I think they're finally coming back to reality. Poultry seems to be really tight. The egg market's strong, too. So feed demand for me. I don't see that as a big issue here because we are a country that, boy, do we love our meat. Yeah, we just don't love fake meat. <laughs> we don't. Oh, my goodness. Beyond meat? Well, it could be beyond impossible. They're saying that their high price was in October or August of 2019 at $239 a share. They're currently $15 a share, but they didn't think of their audience. Who was Beyond Meat? They said yeah. they should not have focused on the meat market. They should have focused on the vegetarian market as an option. But the people are saying, look, I'm not paying that $15 a pound for Beyond Meat. I'm going to buy ground beef for, you know, $5 or $6 a pound. And, and McDonald's won't touch it. The other stores that had it won't touch it because people just say, I don't want Beyond Meat. I want the real thing. Yeah. Well, we've gotten to that point where apparently we don't have any time left for John Kavanaugh for his uh, last word for this week. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I th thought I'd give him a little heart palpitation. Now, now so we can't didn't leave. Know what to do. <laughs> I rendered him speechless. You know better than that. Yeah, that's right. And we can't get out of here without John's last word. So, John, what is the last word this week? Well, uh, just a few thoughts. We've, we've heard a lot of news. Some of us bullish, some of us bearish. Most of it, we don't realize exactly what's going to happen because it's uncertain et cetera, et cetera. But there's always one dominant theme in the market that overrides everything. And at the moment, 
that is the strong dollar, which you mentioned about earlier, Rob, but we're looking at a 20-year high in the dollar. We're in a major bull market that hurts our export sales. And we're seeing that uh, particularly in corn. We've had uh, several weeks of very poor export sales and the 22-23 marketing year uh, export sales on the books today have what it was a year ago. That's the biggest uh, difference at this time of the year in history. So that's telling us that the strong dollar and high prices are definitely hurting demand. It also suggests that the government may be overestimating corn export demands this coming year by two to 300 million, which takes our tight situation and makes it much more comfortable. What's the bottom line on all of this for the nearby? We have a lot of unrealized bullish potential out there. We've seen it this past week. Price goes up, you know, one day and then it drops back down the next day because prices are simply too high and some demand rationing is going on. What that tells me is prices are historically very high. We're going into harvest. I'd say for you producers who have corn or soybeans, which need to be sold during harvest for whatever reason, lack of space or just need for cash, if you got that corn and beans that need to be sold, don't wait. Don't hope for something to get better. This market scares me a little bit because of this super strong dollar. Cody and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And, you know, Indiana Farm Bureau President Randy Crone has talked a lot about the Farm Bureau's lobbying efforts for farm families on the state as well as the national level. So the Farm Bill is a big deal for the Farm Bureau, and so is a Farm Bureau membership, because it starts right here in your own home county. My membership is through the Allen County Farm Bureau. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Simply go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.